Welcome to the Asylum. Now, your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. Yes, indeed. We are Flieger and Briggs. Welcome into the Asylum right here on the Arena Sports Network, arenasportsnet.com. It is a wild week. We are a quarter of the way through preseason, Rick, and... Uh, just another 75% of the preseason to go, and we'll be at football time. I'll tell you what. I promise myself every year I'm not going to get wrapped up in, in it, but I've watched so many games over the last several days yep. and have formed so many useless opinions about players that just aren't going to mean a thing. But it's easy to get wrapped up, and it's great to have it back. Thanks for joining us. Check us out on Twitter, at AsylumFootball. Get your questions in, AsylumFootball at gmail.com. A lot going on, Rick. Before we go any further, I know we're a little late to the party, but still, still, Rick, it's the top of every sports page in the country. Ezekiel Elliott suspended six games. Six games, Rick. That That is stunning to me. It, I, I, I was floored when I heard that. Oh, I was too, and uh, we talked about this before and I've been sending out tweets. I think it's totally ridiculous that they are making these Mount Olympus-type decisions for no evidence. Right. I mean, just for basically, okay, we've had this complaint. No charges were filed. But we've had this complaint about, you know, the barroom fight right. and et cetera, et cetera. When, when so, there's something about pulling a shirt up or right. something, something. Look, the guy's a disaster, right? He's a creep and probably does deserve to be suspended. But the way the NFL, the way the league has conducted business up to this point, it just doesn't justify this type of suspension. And, and what offends me more than anything, maybe he does deserve, he probably does, but this thing has drug on for a year. And we're waiting for law enforcement to make their decision, right? We're waiting for the prosecutors to make their decision. And when, then when the prosecutors and law enforcement say, well, we don't have enough to charge here, we're moving on from this, you start the whole process over again and do your own independent. It seems to me the suspension, the punishment here was almost preordained, and that's my problem with it. So law enforcement didn't give us what we needed to justify what we wanted to do, so now we're going to do it on our own and come up with a justification. That seems backwards to me. Yeah, I agree 100%. And we can sit here and bang heads and talk about it till the cows come home, but nothing's going to change how these decisions are made right and 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 it's it's wrong and and look if they had proof if he was charged with that boom put him out i don't care Throw him out forever yeah i don't care care. makes no difference to me but you know get some proof it drives me crazy it it really does and you know, you've heard all the other tweeters that you know josh brown admitted it he gets one game right Greg Hardy gets yeah. four. Exactly. Yeah, and so and I'm sure this will probably be reduced to probably four. That's what I'm thinking. But still, four games. Yeah. It's, for no charges and basically no evidence. I guess the only example we have is Ben Roethlisberger, right? right. He was what was he, five games, I think? And I thought it went to I thought it was six to four, wasn't it? Well, maybe it was. That, that very well. I, I don't know. I, yeah. I think it might have been six. I thought there was a reduction. I don't remember what it was. But that's about the only other example of this where, look, we can't prove it. No charges were filed. But clearly something nefarious is afoot here. 
and we're going to dra- drop the hammer on you. But sort of my issue with it, now I'm talking as a fantasy guy, right? I'm taking the very serious issue of player discipline in the NFL and domestic violence and looking at it through the fantasy football lens. But let's be honest, if you had decided, if you had preordained this was going to happen, he was going to have to serve some type of suspension, and you wanted to start phasing in this new six-game minimum suspension for domestic violence charges, then why in the hell wasn't this decision made in March, April, May, June, July? You wait until the first Friday of the preseason to bring this down. And don't tell me this is because your investigators needed more time to finish up their investigation. Because, Rick, why did they need more time? We know why they needed more time. Because they weren't finding the information that they needed to justify the suspension. They went ahead and did it anyhow. In the NFL's own report. And they still don't have it, Rick. Why didn't they just suspend them last year? Exactly. And the the report, you know, is still feel look, there's those pictures and they're very damning, you know, and I'm gonna have to assume they're real, right? I don't I don't know that you fake that. I don't know that but you But they just didn't find these a couple of weeks right. ago. Well and that's just it. But then you pile on and the NFL's own investigation showed the the stories where what, he wouldn't let her into a party and she's screaming, I'll ruin your career, I'll you know, it sounds like this this was I don't want to say a setup, but brought to light, maybe made worse by anyhow. There's factual yeah. inaccuracies by the accuser. There's some inconsistent information. So clearly they had decided. And let's say you're all right with it. Maybe I am, but they had clearly decided this guy's going to serve this new six-game suspension we set up for domestic violence. Then it should have been done months and months ago, the end of last year or first thing in the off season. But you just kept kicking this can down the road. It just makes absolutely no sense. I agree. And it messes up my fantasy rankings big time. And so, I, Rick, the question we have to ask, again, we'll be crass and bring it to fantasy football. If it stays at six games, and I think we have this question in the mailbag, I think, but we'll go ahead and tackle it now. Where do you start looking at drafting Ezekiel Elliott in your fantasy league if he serves his full six games? Six games is 38% of the season. And don't forget their bye week's in there, too. First game he can come back is week eight. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I can't go any sooner than 33% of the draft, which is basically what? Four, late four, five, yeah, something like that. I, I, it he just wouldn't be. Yeah, I mean, you have to be confident in yourself that okay. Here's maybe another way to look at it. I guess if you're in a league that pays solely on just winning the Super Bowl, say it's not points, it's not divisions, right? This right. that and the other. Maybe you go a little earlier and hope that you've drafted enough depth to keep you around 500 or, or right around there, yeah. you know, to make this run towards a playoff. And then you go on a run the last half But if of you're season. going for a season-long head-to-head thing and, and the, divisions, the divisions pay a good amount or maybe you're in a um, total points, right? something like that, boy, that's a significant – significant change in his value yeah I, I think a total points league he, he's almost untouchable quite uh, not untouchable that's no. stupid to say but he moves down a lot lower you know I want I remember having the discussions the last two seasons frankly about Le'Veon Bell going into the year with suspensions and in talking about you know second and third round and, and I wanted to come on as, as I prepped for the show Rick I wanted desperately to come on here and say 
you know, I'm picking at the top of the caveman draft. Right, Rick? I'm pick two, right? Two. I'd, I, my plan was to tell you, you know, I'll just flat out tell you, I'm going to pick Zeke Elliott with the second pick of the third round. But the more I thought about it, where you could make the argument for doing it for Le'Veon Bell, now his suspensions were never nearly this long, but it's the best example I can come up with at this point. If you went ahead and took Bell in the second round or the third round, wherever he ended up going the, the year of the longer suspension, you could, you'd have to do it a few rounds earlier than you want to, but you could spin back around and draft D'Angelo Williams. And while you weren't getting the same point production out of a D'Angelo Williams, you were getting comparable. He could certainly win you enough ball games or keep your head above water. When I look at this Dallas backfield, that doesn't exist. It was only preseason. We've had the opportunity to see Dallas twice now. You look at Darren McFadden, and that's my boy. I got guy love for him. I, I do. We all know it, and we joke about it. He doesn't have the explosion he used to do and doesn't have anywhere near the explosion in Ezekiel Elliott has. You look at Alfred Morris, sort of the same thing. You, you bring in Ronnie Hillman. I don't think any one of those guys emerges as the guy who can even – put up comparable carry numbers that could be trusted to be given the ball that much. I don't think you have a reasonable backup plan, right, while you're waiting for Zeke Elliott, which actually pushes him down further for me. It really does. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's um, – you're right. Neither one of those – well, actually three that you, you mentioned have any sort of chance of the explosiveness, you know, that Elliott does. Right. And – to, to think that you could, okay, well, I'll get Elliott and handcuff him with McFadden. I mean, I, somewhere along the line, you've got a wasted pick. You know what I'm saying? Right, it's right. not like if you had Bell and, like you said, with D'Angelo that one year. Yeah, D'Angelo put up great numbers. Yeah, yeah. he didn't put up Bell numbers, but he put up really good low-end RB1 numbers. Yeah. So yeah. even though you had to take him in the sixth round versus the eighth or ninth or tenth had Bell not been suspended – you, you've got a, a great, you know, a top two running back, and you still have a number one running back replacing him. I don't see that situation in Dallas, and that's what scares me off uh, of jumping on Elliott too early. Yeah, I agree. And, I mean, you know, time will tell if it gets reduced or not, but it's something to, to keep an eye on. I'll tell you another thing to keep an eye on. They have no idea if Andrew Luck is even going to be ready for week one, let alone training camp, all right? I'm looking at – ADPs, and we still have T.Y. Hilton as the wide receiver eight. Right. Yeah, nothing against Hilton. But to me, if he's wide receiver eight with Andrew Luck as quarterback, is he wide receiver eight without Andrew Luck? I mean, he takes a drop. I don't know if it's a precipitous drop. I got to see a little bit of uh, Indianapolis. Now, granted, it wasn't all starters and everything. But I'll tell you what, that offensive line is abysmal. That's the problem. It is hideous. And I'm looking at ADPs right now. He's still ahead of Des Bryant. He's still ahead of Amari Cooper. He's still ahead of Doug Baldwin. Ah, boy, you know, that's some heavy hitters. Demarius Thomas he's ahead of. I mean, you say he takes a dip, but, I mean, there's still some pretty solid. DeAndre Hopkins he's ahead of. There's still some pretty solid talent. I think without Andrew Luck, he takes – a pretty precipitous dip, quite frankly. Yeah, it's more about luck to me. As I'm, well, sure it is, I'm, but I mean, if luck, say the shoulder stays hurt, he has no training camp. Say he's gone for six games, like an Ezekiel Elliott, something like that. That's 
totally well, yeah. going to affect T.Y. Hilton well, and everybody and else on that Hilton, team. What I can't understand, I'm having trouble bringing it up, but at the, as of last night, Andrew Luck's ADP was still QB7. Now, you're getting a much later in the draft by the time you're even talking about the seventh quarterback overall taken. But to me, that is pure insanity at this point. Because here's the thing, and there seems to be opposing schools of thought. You know, the the owner, Ursay, will come out and say, luck's no guarantee. And then half an hour later, the GM of the Colts says, oh, no, it's no big deal. That's just sort of the way that Colts <laughs> operation seems to run. But the point is, there's still question marks hanging out there, and you nailed it. He's still playing behind just a joke of an offensive line. So I have no confidence, even if he is healthy, comes back, and even if he is 100% full-strength Andrew Luck that we expect in week he's one, running for his life. he's still going to be around come Halloween, Halloween yeah. because it's just such a pathetic offensive line. I want no part, absolutely no part of Andrew Luck whatsoever. I know. I don't either. I agree 100%. I, I just it, thought it boded mentioning because, you know, a lot of the stuff we talk to to guys that have been around and everything is like, well, yeah, duh. But there are still a lot of novice fantasy players out there. They're looking at these ADPs. They're getting the, the draft book from back in whenever, right, right. April or May. And they're saying, well, you know, Andrew Luck's good. And, you know, they will see, just like you said, what Jim Ursay says, well, it's not bad, you know, or the coaches will say it's not bad. Ursay's, you know, just the owner, but the coaches say, well, you know, he's okay. i tell you what, that is, that's red flags flying all over the place. And when I'm looking at the ADP right now, He's sixth. He's quarterback six. And so one he bumped up one from last he's night. He's ahead of Kirk Cousins, Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston, Cam Newton, Ben Roethlisberger, and Derek Carr to round out all the, the 12 QB1s. I don't want him in front of any of them. No. Quite frankly. Maybe Roethlisberger, Maybe. but I would slide Eli up into Roethlisberger. We'll talk about that on Thursday's show, I believe. I'll, I'd slide Eli up into Roethlisberger's slot and have <laughs> Roethlisberger and Luck on the outside looking in for my rankings. I tell you, I'm I'm with you. Andrew Luck scares me to death. That shoulder has been a problem. The line has been a problem. His ability to even get on the field is a problem. There's nothing but problems on that Colts team. Yeah, absolutely. So the other big news from the weekend, Rick, th- this one was a stunner just – only in as much as you just don't see this in the NFL. Sammy Watkins shipped to the Rams along with a 2018 six-round pick. Uh, Bills get back cornerback E.J. Gaines in a 2018 second-rounder. And then also the Bills make another move. They bring in Jordan Matthews in a 2018 third. The Eagles get back uh, Ronald cornerback Ronald Darby. So two big fantasy contributors on the move you know, a week into preseason, you know, a month into camp and a week into preseason games with Sammy Watkins heading to L.A. and Jordan Matthews heading to Buffalo. You talk about a stunner, buddy. That was a stunner to me. It sure was. And Sammy Watkins, that that's a graveyard right now for, for fantasy players. It I mean, seems I, like it. I see Todd Gurley still up. In the ADPs, as far as running backs, Jared Goff is just – he has to make leaps and bounds improvement right. to make Sammy Watkins even worth considering. And still right now I'm looking – they have him at uh, wide receiver 21. 
Obviously, he's dropped. Right. But he's still, what, top 24, which is basically wide receiver one numbers because you're starting two wide receivers in most leagues. Or three, you mean. Pardon me? Run that past me again. I said he is ranked 21. Make him a wide receiver two, right? Well, theoretically, but in most leagues now, they're starting two wide receivers. So, I mean – you could basically throw the top 24 as wide receiver one number since they have to be started is what is my point. I see what you're saying. Yeah, he's in the bottom tier, but if you're starting two wide receivers in a game, I mean, he's still ranked right up there in the top 24, which I think on the Rams, man, that is really pushing the envelope. My concern there, I'm, I'm willing to think Jared Goff does make a bit of a leap, but you would think. is it significant enough? But I think really a leap would look, be looking like a reasonable facsimile of a pro quarterback, right? And Sammy Watkins has the weapons, and that'll be or has the skills. Or Sammy Watkins is a weapon, is what I'm trying to say. With skills, how's that? With skills, we'll that's, ex- that's exactly words. what I was trying to say. If he can stay healthy, and that was my concern with him in Buffalo, was just him staying on the field. Now you go out to L.A. My concern there is where he takes a drop for me. If everything else is equal. And I think Tyrod Taylor is a significantly better quarterback than Jared Goff right now. And I think Jared Goff could pass him and lap him at some point in his career. But I, I doubt that's going to happen this year. I like the offensive situation. I like what they had with McVay. You know, you got to remember the biggest addition was the subtraction of Jeff Fisher from that offense. It can only mean good things for the Rams offense and for, and for Jared Goff. But here's the problem. You don't see this team coming up, Rick, and putting out a, putting up a bunch of points, right? Oh, and no. that's the problem. It's, I think Sammy Watkins' touchdown numbers take an absolute tumble here. And that's where, even if he could do everything he could do healthy in Buffalo, maybe you half his, his project, projected touchdown numbers, that's where Sammy Watkins, just a bad move from him from a fantasy value standpoint, makes all the sense in the world for the Rams, but I do have to wonder. I was talking to somebody, Rick, and I can't remember who it was. When I look at that move and the timing of that move and basically getting the corner, you know, getting the corner is wonderful, but then you go and move another corner. So basically when I look at this, this is a trade straight up for Sammy Watkins for Jordan Matthews. You know, it was a roundabout right. way. And, and draft picks. Buffalo's trying to bring in draft pack picks. They're clearly trying to blow that team up. Kind of do it Patriot style, where they just want to hoard every draft pick they can get. But at this point in the season, to ship him off for what they shipped him off for tells me more than any fantasy analytics guy can tell me about Sammy Watkins and his potential for this season and going forward in his career. If Buffalo's willing to give him up for what they got back at the point in time they gave it up, that tells me more than anybody ever could about Sammy Watkins. Yeah, you and me both. You know, we talked about this guy back in the first NFL game or the Hall of Fame game that we went to, I believe, was Buffalo, New York that year. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was, yeah, it was in 2014, and he was going to be the rookie sensation. He played in 16 games that year. Had a pretty good year, I believe. Uh, I'd have to look at it, but yeah, around 65 catches. He's had his highest catch year in his rookie year. The next year, he missed three games. And in 2016, he missed eight games, and that foot is still giving him fits. Right. 
And, and that is... You know how I feel about foot injuries. I have that same rant every time you bring up a foot. Exactly. But, you know, not only that, in the eight games, I mean, I talk about his highest receiving numbers. He had 65 catches in 16 games. Then he kind of bumped up. He only played the 13 games. He had 60 catches, over 1,000 yards. But again, last year, the eight games that he played, he only had 28 receptions. If he played the whole season, that translates to what, 54? Right. I mean, everything right. stays the same. And is there's just something that he's lacking. Maybe it is because of the foot. He just doesn't have the, the confidence, doesn't have the explosiveness, that little half a step. Who yeah. knows? I mean, but there's just something with him, and I think you're absolutely right. That tells me volumes if they're willing to trade right. him basically straight up for Jordan Matthews. Because this does, this this doesn't happen in the NFL, right? If you see this move in baseball, maybe you think a little less about it. And you could talk about maybe Jordan Matthews being a better fit, right? Because Sammy Watkins is the only wide receiver or was the only wide receiver currently playing for Buffalo who doesn't project as a good slot receiver, right? And so now you ship Sammy off, you bring Jordan in, and you got six slot receivers, which apparently is what either Tyrod likes or how they like to do offense up there. But just in the NFL, these type of moves don't happen. So, you know, and now you look at you – know, and. You have to wonder now, Jordan Matthews, I don't know if this is pre-existing coming in. He's got, what, a chip bone or something in yeah, his sternum? Yeah, a, so. a chip fracture of his sternum. And, and they're actually labeling him, well, I guess instead of day-to-day, it's preseason, it's week-to-week. Right. I don't know I don't know what to make of it. I mean, he still doesn't I, look healthy on that knee, he, I mean. Well, yeah, and he suffered from the knee tendonitis, right. of course. But a chip sternum, I mean, I... Is it as painful as, like, you know, rib cage injury? I mean, you know, he's still going to have to do a lot of stretching and, oh, and so I would forth. Think a sternum a sternum would be I would think it unbearable, would be, yeah, quite frankly. A chip fracture? It doesn't sound good. Yeah, it doesn't sound fun. So, yeah, going to be interesting. I don't think it moves the needle for me on Jordan Matthews one way or the other quite frankly. I like the rapport he had with Carson Wentz, and we've come to find out since this move that those two were like best buds on the team, which it can be meaningful. I don't know how much I put on that. But, again, he sort of fits Tyrod Taylor and Buffalo the way they play offense with nothing but slot receivers. So I don't think he moves much one direction or the other for me. But while I had Sammy Watkins probably 10 slots lower than everybody else did and every other expert rankings you're going to see out there, I think he does. He drops even lower for me. He really does. I agree, 100%. All right, moving on here. You want to talk about Marcus Wink Wheaton and his broken pinky? I don't know why I put that one in the headlines, Rick. Leonard Fournette misses practice with a foot injury, saying it's not a big deal. But to me, Rick, the, the alarms start going off a little bit. This guy dealt with foot and ankle issues his entire career at LSU to the point of, remember the big stink last year, sitting yeah. out the bowl game, getting yep. these things healthy. This cat makes me nervous for that reason. From a skill set position, he his ADPs right. He scares me with his ability to stay on the field. Yeah, a rookie coming in and maybe had a foot in, or you know, this foot injury. It may not concern me that much. But then, just like you mentioned, you look back at his career at LSU. Struggled to stay healthy that whole time and, and ended up sitting at you know the bowl game out. I agree. I, I'm he scares me. He makes me nervous. Good running back, obviously. Yep. 
And, and I had the same concerns with Todd Gurley coming into the NFL, right. those knees. But when he trans, trans, you know, it just didn't translate into injury-prone guy after he got into the NFL because right. he stayed healthy. Right. Fournette's already hurt. That, it's, That's it's what bothers me. You know, you're talking about a guy who, based on ADP, is going 17th overall. You know, we're talking the fifth pick. Yeah, the fifth pick of the second round. You know, that's high for me anyhow on sort of an unknown type of cat, right? That makes me nervous, number one, even though it's Leonard Fournette, right? And we know how great he can be. You always run the risk with rookies drafting that high. Then you put this injury concern on top of it. I tell you what, Rick, I consider him, you know, when it gets back to me in the caveman draft at the end of the second, I'm not taking him that high. He, he might be more of a third round value for me. Yeah, I mean, he may be something to watch when he's healthy. But I tell you what, I don't want to be drafting someone that's injured. And I I don't know what to make of it. They because you will get nothing but cloudy coverage about this cuz the teams they're not probable and, and no, know, we no. covered that you know, most likely, what what it used to be now? It was probable. Well, there is no probable. It's all questionable now, right? Yeah. Oh, it used to be probable, questionable, and doubtful. That's right. what it was, yeah. And there's no probable any longer. So, of course, he's going to be doubtful probably all the time. Yeah. Until he's actually playing. And you really won't be able to get a barometer reading on – this injury i don't it could be a liz frank we oh, that's don't what say that that's word. what bothers me because we we saw what happened what running back was it here i am my mind's blank because we're just kind of going on tangents but uh running back last year had to lose frank and who was that well i have to I have to look that up again but you know if it's that we saw what happened with mjd right and i mean this could be just Deadly serious. All right, moving on from that. Are we too cautious? Or because, you know, I see I see these people. He doesn't seem to drop. It, it, even in like the um these expert rankings, he doesn't seem to drop. So I I just don't know. I have I have a big concern for injuries where other people think that you know well okay it's a foot injury no big deal yeah. there's no official word that is broke or anything torn or anything like that i don't know maybe i am too cautious when it comes to feet and ankles and so forth perhaps and you were thinking of amir abdullah who was uh, yes with amir Frank, abdullah thank you way. so much as we I, get back around to that. But yeah i mean to answer your question i tend to overthink the injury thing a little bit it depends what it is right i don't fuss about a hamstring issues groin issues well you're talking foot issues you, well you know my obsession with foot and any longtime listener to the show knows my obsession with foot injuries and especially out of a running back and especially a guy who has a history of it and especially a guy who now he has played you know th- four downs of one preseason game and we're dealing with it again it's just i think it's something you have to factor in now where i am too cautious and i get burnt constantly is on rookies right right i don't know if it's my my dislike for the draft Knicks out there and the way they conduct themselves and the way they behave on social media. 
I, I don't know, you know, my disdain for the NCAA, although I do watch a lot of college football, but my disdain for the whole machine that has become dynasty leagues and that type of projection, I don't know what it is, but I consistently undervalue rookie players at the skill positions, especially running backs. You know, I'll tell you what, though, Rick, it seems to – you get rewarded more than it burns you. Like last year, Zeke Elliott, that one burns you bad, right? Uh-huh. But how many times do you end up being right? You know what I mean? That it takes a half a season or it takes an extra year. Or, frankly, it never happens at all. So I think that's where my caution comes in. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. I, maybe I'll just have to go bolder here from now there on. There you go. Get bold. The new bold Rick Briggs. Yeah, I like that. That'll last about – three minutes probably (laughs) well you know here's just a live report here uh the nature boy rick flair is out of surgery and resting a rep for wwe tells tmz sports unclear how the surgery went but they were told that rick's family is by his side and they're waiting to meet the doctors he was actually put in a medically induced coma for some heart ailment that he was just supposedly going in for a checkup on saturday yeah, that's uh, that's scary. How old is uh, Nate? Is, he is sixty-eight. Sixty-eight. He's getting about that age, and like we were talking about, banging around, boy. like we talked about before we went on the air. I have my doubts that he was living the cleanest of <laughs> lifestyles back in the uh, go-go eighties, if you know what I mean, Rick. Probably wasn't playing a lot of Scrabble. No, I wouldn't think. I think he was spending his evening doing other other types of activities. Yes. Similar to Scrabble, but uh, way more fun, and <laughs> yeah. the hangovers hurt a little more. So, uh, Rick, Martavis Bryant finally cleared for full, full participation in camp. Still not cleared for gameplay. I'm tired of this story. Again, the NFL being buffoons, in my opinion. What is he allowed to do? I Just practice know. and then stand on well, the sidelines? Apparently they don't tell the Steelers either. Or the Steelers lie one or the others. But uh, I have no doubts unless he does something stupid the next three weeks that Martavis Bryant will be ready to go. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster left the Steeler game uh, with a concussion. Uh, so he's in the protocol. Don't know what the timeline's going to be. I think he's uh, back at practice last oh, thing so I saw. Oh, so that was quick. Yeah. Uh, your boy, uh, Ajayi. he's out of the concussion protocol, so hopefully he'll be good to go. Joe Flacco, Rick, expected to be ready for week one. You feel more confident, not necessarily about Joe Flacco, but Jeremy Macklin and your boy Brashard Perryman and just the myriad of weapons at his disposal there in Baltimore. I like Brashard Perryman a lot better with Joe Flacco in there. Right, right. But it does nothing for me fantasy-wise at the quarterback position. I want no part of Joe Flacco. All right. Man. I thought you were wacko for Flacco. So let's move on here, Rick. That's about it for the headlines. Wanted to bring up currently Rick participating in the draft with Giants 3. So I am, Rick. Uh, still in the first round, made my first overall pick. Uh, a couple hours ago it was Odell Beckham. I had the fourth pick. It's a slow draft, and it is moving as such. <laughs> Uh, pretty pretty cool draft uh, on fan tracks. If you guys haven't done it, and this isn't a paid commercial, I just want to talk about about this league and about this site. The fan track site that's being used for this draft is very, very cool, and it has all these customizable stats. And, Rick, I'll be honest, the draft has started. I have not come up with my draft strategy yet. Just listen to these scoring settings, okay, Rick? All this right. is why I want to bring it up and see where you would go. So it's 96 teams, and I like it too. They also, we have head-to-head, but it's basically meaningless. It's total points to make the playoffs, and then head-to-head matchups in the playoffs once you get there, which I like. I think that's kind of interesting. 
as somebody who's been the fourth highest scorer in a lot of leagues and missed the playoffs, you know, I, I, I'm kind of snake bit that. We're probably a karma thing because I'm a horrible human being, I have to assume. You are human, right? Yeah. Okay. In the in the scientific form of human, yeah. yeah. You know, beyond, you know, emotionally, spiritually, it might be a question mark. But so check this out. So passing, emotionally, you're a goat. Do goats have emotions, or is that your point? Did That's I just make point. your point for you? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. All right, good enough. All right, back to uh, fan tracks in the draft with Giants 3, if I may. So, I had a good goat story, too. But oh, I, we'll tell your goat no, story. No, no, we'll go no, back no, to fan track. I, I, I want your goat story. We can get I back never to told this. you about my goat. No, you had a goat. Well, no, it wasn't my goat. But uh, uh, Is this... <laughs> Is this radio friendly, Rick? No, yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, it was um. Because you know where my mind was. I went well. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's disturbing. <laughs> that that was my point. <laughs> but when I lived in Florida, of course, I was a much younger man. I was in good shape and very active, and I used to jog in the evenings all the time. Didn't want to do it during the day. It's very hot down there. Yeah. And the snakes, right? Well, not where I ran. No, I mean, I don't mess with snakes. snakes. That's just Anyway, we lit, I, you, I went up the road, up the, the one sidewalk, and then I took this street to the right. Well, it was a small town, and you ran out there just a little ways. You're basically out of town. And I ran down there. It was probably about a three-mile run. And I'd get down there maybe half a mile, and then this road went to the right. And I'd take another right and came back on the street that I left, you know, down the road. I came up. Well, anyway, when you turn right off the main drag you're basically out of town and before the first turn there was like this little small i don't know i guess you would call it a farmette you know it was just a farmette yeah what the hell's a farmette well it is kind of like our boy tonelli you know you have a little bit of land oh, and they decide to raise yeah. a few chickens or yeah, he's a terrible person anyway this place had a goat and I would run by, and he was up. There's like this little small barn and a fence. Yeah, had the big horns. I mean, it was a billy goat, I guess. And so I run down, and I would see him all the time. Well, this one day I was running down, and the closer I get, I see the goat standing out there. The closer I get, I notice he's on my side of the fence. Oh, you don't want that. So I didn't really know what to do. I figured, well, I'll just act normal. He sees me all the time. Well, I start coming up to where I about turn. Well, here he comes. And I'm like, I don't really know what I'm going to do he like here. charging you? Well, he was just coming down towards me. <laughs> I didn't really know what he was doing. So I just turned. Yeah, probably stupid decision, but I turned my back on him and made the turn oh, down that turn road. turn your back on an angry goat. Next thing I know, there he is right beside me. <laughs> I'm jogging down this road with a goat running with me. He just jogged with you? He ran with me for about close to, oh, I don't know, probably three-tenths of a mile. A couple cars go by, and I was getting the double tension. Yeah, you're the, really cool. You're the, you're the idiot jogging his goat at this point. <laughs> yeah, right? I was running my goat. <laughs> and I went down, like I said, I don't know, three-tenths of a mile, half mile at the most, and he stopped and watched me run away and he went back he had enough of that so apparently he's just curious what all the jogging was all about (laughs) i I guess guess. he decided this is stupid why does anyone have a goat what's a goat good for you don't eat a goat do you oh you can they're actually not bad that couldn't be good why they're like garbage and stuff 
if you feed them garbage, but they eat plants just like sheep or cows or anything Is else. Is that why people have goats? I never understood well, why yeah, people and they have goats. They have milk. They make goat milk cheese and so forth. It's yeah, very think, good. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I'd eat that either. I like my milk out of a cow. When I was in kindergarten, why? they taught me milk comes from a cow, and that's where I want my milk from. Milk comes from any mammal. Oh, we're going to do the meet the flockers thing now. I understand that. <laughs> but the silly milk that I drink and that you buy at the local Giant Eagle has comes from cows, and that's where milk should come from. I don't want to just see Rick Briggs run around town milking every mammal he can get his hands on and saying it's just as good. It's fine. And especially a mammal that eats tin cans. I have an issue with that. <laughs> Only if you let them have a tin can. Well, but you're kind of a slob, and your beer cans, it was the 70s. God knows what you had left laying around in that yard. Well, yeah, there were, yeah, it was the 70s. <laughs> it was the 70s. <laughs> All right, back to draft with Giants 3, yes. Rick. I want you to hear these scoring settings that you can do on fan track. And help me come up with a plan for this. It was, picking it four, it was obvious where I well, you don't really factor in you know, draft strategy that early on. All right, so passing, a half a point per completion. That might bump up your quarterbacks a little bit. Half point per completion, but minus a half a point per incompletion. So now you're looking for guys less so than yards. And touchdowns, you're looking for guys with good completion percentages, right? Right. I think that's what tells you that. How about rushing? A quarter. Basically, you're going to get probably – 60 to 65 percent of those half points with your average quarterback yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. and I, I think most guys are pretty close is there anybody who blows the field away in completion percentage that know. has you know probably alex smith but he only throws nine passes a game <laughs> and none of them go over six <laughs> yards so i don't know how much value that has so how about rushing quarter point per carry that's getting more and more popular trying to counteract ppr quarter point per parry not per parry or carry yeah now, here's the interesting one, Rick. This, and I don't even know how they're going to measure this, but somebody must be doing it there at Fan Tracks, and it's kind of cool. Negative one point per every time a running back is stuffed I at the line, that. no gain that. or loss of yardage. Yeah. That's. That's something I think becomes worth looking at, right? Because if you're only getting a tenth of a point for a one-yard gain and you're losing a full point for a no gain or for a loss, you look at a guy like, uh, we'll bring him up again. Ajayi. For all those big numbers he he picked up, Rick, I just happened to see this on Twitter. I wish I had jotted down who and I could source them for doing the work. That 25% of his carries last year went for no gain or a loss. 25%. That drops him way, way down in a format like this. Well, and we talked about his totals last year. 49% of his rushing totals were in three games. But yeah, Forty yards isn't going to train. I mean, you're going to have a lot of stuffs, right? For forty yards, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure I like. I'm not dissing the scoring system, but you know the well quarter point per carry to help counteract the PPR. Maybe we just need to back off the scoring a little bit. Well, you could do that too. You know, I love the first down things that we yeah. talked about. Yeah. I, I I would love. To incorporate, you need that. to force that through the caveman league. I think. I think it's time. I wouldn't be. I would not have the heartburn that a lot of guys would if we got rid of the PPR. If we just reduce, I, I can live with it, reduce it, but then add in the, 
the first downs. I think right. that adds a neat little twist yeah. to it. And I sort of back when we had Scott Fish on after the Scott Fish Bowl, and I think his point was well taken. You know, catching a ball in today's NFL isn't that much of an accomplishment. Exactly. Now moving the sticks or getting in the end zone, those are accomplishments and should be rewarded. So how about receiving, Rick? Quarter point per reception. So I like that. We're kind of drumming that down a little bit. Here's where Can I make you. another observation? Please. Penalizing. I mean, is it good to penalize a runner if the line stinks? <laughs> yeah. It does seem a little more heavy-handed because also his rushing numbers are going to suffer as it is. Right. You know who I thought about when I – That would be like Pennis. I'm thinking of Todd Gurley. I don't know if that's who you were thinking of. I was going a little further back, and we had this discussion over and over again. You know who would go from, in his prime, probably the number one overall fantasy draft pick every year to being somebody you'd have to give a pause to would be Barry Sanders. You know, how often do we talk about he would go six, seven, eight carries getting stuffed at the line or tackle for a loss, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he'd yeah, bust Yeah, but the total yards that yards. cap put up, that so wipes that Is it out. enough to wipe it out? That, that's what you wonder. You even wonder that with uh, oh, oh, not him. Ajayi. Santa Claus, he, no worries with no, him. Santa, he, he, you ain't stuffing Santa at the line. There's no chance Especially of that. in December. He's no. got places to go. That's right. He'd be, he's a busy man. So receiving quarter point per reception. Here's where this gets interesting. A quarter point per target. This is the one I don't necessarily agree with. So because they chose to throw the ball in your direction. Allen Robbins would be a king. Well, that's true. Yeah, he'd have, he'd have lived up to his number nine overall right. ADP at the last August if it was poorer. That's an excellent I, point. That, I hadn't considered. I don't that. like that. At yeah, all. I don't know. Now, here's one I do like, Greg. You know, we penalize everybody else for everything. How about? Okay, wait a minute now. Whoa. Okay, here. Okay. Okay, here's Rick's getting fired the, up. The old adage way back, you know, get the hook up. You know, like Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson. So. That basically just kills it. Okay, you're getting half point or whatever it is for a catch. Quarter, yeah. Or or, whatever, it doesn't matter. So that's okay. But now if you have a hookup, say, like we were talking about, Blake Bortles and Allen Robinson last year, well, you're getting the minus with the incompletion with Blake Bortles, but you're also getting the plus a plus a quarter, yeah. So you're coming for up for Allen Robinson, coming up three quarters for for the quarterback. See, these are the things you. But gotta it's not. A, it was only half a point for an incompletion. Wasn't oh it? yeah, yeah. So it's. So I mean, it's only a quarter point difference. You know how many games I'm going to lose by a quarter of a point? <laughs> I mean, yeah. This is but here's the one I do like, Rick. All right. One full point negative. One negative point. Okay. Per drop. Oh. I I kind of like that one. What constitutes a drop? That's what I wonder. Who uh, There's an official stat for that, so I assume they just get over. I don't know what they base it upon. Right. I, I won't argue that I do. But the NFL keeps an official stat on drop passes, so I assume that's what it goes off of. What right. I'd worry about with that one, I wonder how many scoring corrections we're going to see on Tuesday oh. and Wednesday and how many fist fights we're going to have in this league over it. And that makes They're already it very... brawling in the chat room over how long it's taken people to make picks. And that makes it very difficult when you're making these scoring adjustments and you have a game on thursday right so uh, 
Yeah, I mean, some of this stuff's really starting to get a little over the top. See, you don't – that's why I bring this up is you're old and reticent to change, and I knew this would send you into a no, tailspin. It's no, not, it's not so much reticent to change, but – Just the like, old thing? Like you said, the um, the amount of scoring changes or adjustments and so forth, sometimes they don't even happen till Wednesday. And right. they, would, they would have to happen at least by Wednesday because, like I said, there's a game yeah. on Thursday. Now you're rolling back out. So yeah, That'll know. be interesting. Then just a couple more that stuck out to me. .20 points per return yard. Now, we, but you're not starting, you know, obviously kick returners. So where right. that becomes interesting is, is it really, really bumps up the value of receivers or running backs who are kick returners, punt right. returners, etc. I didn't take the time to vet this, and I will after the show because I am curious. I saw a tweet go out this morning before this draft started from presumably either one of the organizers or one of the participants in this draft that said, if you think that's not a big deal, guess you'll, you'll never guess, Rick, so we won't even play the game. But the number eight, overall number eight wide receiver last year in this league, based on that scoring format, would have been okay. Cordero Patterson. Wow. Okay, that tells you how important that becomes. So what's that mean? Why wouldn't, you know, I took Odell Beckham four overall. Why the hell didn't I take Tyreek Hill? I've got sitting around thinking that guy, if he has a top 20, you know, if he's the 25th best in terms of reception yard, you know, the 25th best yeah. traditional wide receiver plus – all How the good would Devin Hester been? It's something like that. Now, he never caught the ball, but he had 100, <laughs> right. 250 yards and a touchdown every week in the return game. How does it work in leagues that use defense and special teams? Like, if you have a return touchdown. I wouldn't touchdown, think you could have that. You don't get the yards well, for that team? There were times, Rick, and I haven't been a commissioner in a league in a long time, and I don't miss it whatsoever. Way back, way back, <laughs> let me tell you. When I was commissioning my home league and we ran it on CBS Sports and Line. did it with parchment paper. Yeah, when I was your age. But back then, and remember you paid $150 a year to use CBS Sports yeah. Line because it was the only one that had live stats. And right. They were the only one that does everything they all do now. But we had that, and you could still put in. Now, it wasn't yardage. It never, it never factored in yardage. But there was a setting there where a return touchdown could go to both the defense, the team defense, and the individual player right. if he was an eligible in individual player. Yeah. So I assume it would work. I mean, these things really do. Again, I don't want this to sound like a commercial. Just amazingly customizable. You know, when you look at these, at these scoring categories, uh, rounding it out. Uh, what, two points per – I like this too, bonuses. We need to get bonuses in the Caveman League. Two points of any touchdown, 50 yards or more, and a tenth per point per – a tenth of a point per yard after catch. <laughs> that's interesting too. Well, that's – there's some technical stats that you're really relying on. Yeah, I mean, the, the rankings in this thing in the end, if you draft a traditional team, which I'm likely to do because I haven't sat down and really tried to break this down, and I'm not enough of an analytics, analytics guy to put it, you know, build some sort of spreadsheet to tell me what order I should be drafting folks in, there are going to be some wacky teams that are going to be the top teams in this league. It's interesting. I don't think I go this far right. if I was setting up a team on fan tracks, but I like the I like that. It's expanding. These sites are expanding where you can have a fully customizable league. Like it, It's interesting, if nothing else. Yeah. I wouldn't do it, but it's interesting. I'm looking at our league. 
that I'm the commissioner of the Caveman League, and and you can, yeah, I mean, regular defensive special teams, you can do the kickoff and punt return yards and so forth, and make them for whatever. You saw something amazing in the control room, or what? well, I went to the control room, Rick, and there is 11 minutes left in this show. Well, so uh, we're going to get to nothing else. We had we have planned. blathered on <laughs> incessantly uh, over, what, and I don't even know what. What did I have that was short, Rick? I'll tell you what. Let's stay. Let's cut this off. We were on, there's only about 10, 10 to 12 minutes left. We wanted to we wanted to play a game of uh, pick your poison. We'll do that next episode. We were supposed to have a guest. Doesn't look like that's going to happen at this point. So we can do pick your poison. We got all new renditions of love hate. And, and all kinds of goodness for next show. So why don't we take these last 10 minutes, Rick, rapid fire this mailbag. All right. You got it. Well, Let's you go. have the mailbag. Well, you had one too, I thought. Oh, so. do I? Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. we split them up. Sorry. All right, that's that. okay. We'll do, we'll do the ones that I have rapid fire. Okay, I am in a PPR league with the 12th overall pick. I am going to take a running back with one pick, say Howard, IJE, Miller, the best available. In this guy's opinion. Ajayi. My question is, who would you go with the second pick? I want a wide receiver. Dez, Michael Thomas, Doug Baldwin. I am assuming Evans, et cetera, are gone. What do you guys think? All right. So, Evans is certainly going to be gone. Right. I was about to say Michael Thomas is going to be gone, but I don't think he's going to be. I have him ranked way above everybody else. I think I'd still go Jordy Nelson there. You know, I'm thinking Jordy Nelson. His ADP's right there at two one, right? That's his. That's where he's rolling. I think Jordy's still going to be around. Quite honestly, though, thinking about this, thinking about this twelve slot, okay. If I'm down there in the right, running backs are falling. I think that's the point, Rick. Well, quite frankly, I'm going to recommend folks take two of those running backs. You know, you talk about Jordan Howard and or Ajayi. Why don't you take both there? Then you're done messing with that. And we talked about the depth of the wide receiver position this year and what you can get at the end of the third. So if you had – you pick your guy, Rick. You can substitute in one or the other mm-hmm. if it's not Ajayi or Howard for you, whoever it is. And at the end of the third round, you can, you're still looking at Keenan Allen, Alshon Jeffrey, Allen Robinson, Devontae Adams, Bryant, Crabtree, you know, Brandon Marshall, Kelvin Benjamin, Jarvis Landry. I might, I'm, I'm recommending folks on that 12 button at that turn, I'm recommending you go ahead and, and take two running backs there. Okay, I mean, I'm kind of with you there. But my Man, answer would be Jordy Nelson if you're insisting on he, taking a He wasn't even one of the choices, but assuming Jordan, Jordy Nelson's there, I would take Jordy Nelson. Out of the three, this guy was wondering about Dez, Thomas, or Baldwin. I, I think I'd have to go Thomas. Yeah, it's Michael Thomas if those are the right. three you think it's going to be, certainly. Okay, um, here we go. We'll just rapid fire. Standard league, looking for an RB2, Blunt, Gore, or Lacey? Oh, boy. I think I'm going blunt. I think it almost has to be. I don't feel good about it. I like, I'm like. i excited about Gore this year, but Marlon Mack's getting a lot of, you know, for whatever it means at this point of the preseason, but getting a lot of love. I think he works his way in more and more. I just said Lacey a week ago, but from everything I'm hearing, Rawls everything, is, yeah. it's Rawls, and he took all the first-team reps last night in the preseason game. Now, that could certainly change. There's a long way to go, a lot of preseason football to be played. Certainly. But it's crowded for Lacey because you, we – 
if Rawls, you know, Rawls is kind of the one we'd written off, right? It was, you know, precise Lacey, who's going to get the bulk of that work? Right. Now you're talking about a, you know, now you got Rawls back in the mix. So I got to throw Lacey out. So I think by default, it becomes blunt for me. I do too. I think he's younger. We already talked about luck being right. injured, the abysmal offensive line in Indianapolis. I think you have to go with blunt. I have suffered through three years of mediocre tight ends in my PPR league. I want a decent one this year. I am guessing Kelsey and Gronk will go first. And then in the next round would be Reed, Olsen, and maybe Graham. Which do you prefer, given the last three will be a round or two behind Gronk and Kelsey? So what's he asking us, Reed? Well, would you would you spend the pick on a Gronk or a, or a Kelsey, and probably which one would you take? Or would you go – Wait for a round or two to go with a Olsen, Reed, or Graham, and probably which one of them. I'm just reading into this question here. All right, this is going to be – I'd say that I – To me, I'm waiting. I'll take Olsen. I'll, I'll just yeah, put it right yeah, out there. You love Olsen. I love Reed. So so pick your poison there. I will say this. I've never owned Gronk because I just – you know, and it's foolish, although it's paid off the last couple of years – having this opinion because of the injury issues he's dealt with. And and that may be the very reason he's going down here. Gronk Rick is just about falling into that third round. If he's sitting around at the beginning of the third or even the tail end of that second, uh, the writer didn't say where he was picking. This might be the year I'd consider Gronk. I, you're almost talking about value now if you can get 12 games out of him, and that's my concern. You can't. But other than that, you know, Kelsey, I don't know how high of a price tag I'm paying on him. You're looking – I'm just curious between – we know Gronk's going to be way up there. So you've got a fourth-round price tag on Kelsey and then a fifth-round price tag on Olsen, Reed, and Graham. I am just as happy with at least Olsen and Reed. I, I like the potential of Graham, but I think he's a step below – Olsen and Reed. I'll wait that extra round, almost two rounds with Jordan Reed, and I'll take Jordan Reed there. But if you like Olsen, it's only a couple of picks different. Okay. Um, let's go there. We don't have a whole lot of time here. Given the choice, would you take Rivers, Dalton, Newton, or Luck? Well, Dalton's out, Luck's out. So this comes down to Rivers or Newton for me. I'll tell you what, Rick. Am I buying too much into some preseason hype? Kelvin Benjamin looks good. There's good word coming out about Devin Funches. You bring in McCaffrey. I, I don't trust necessarily Newton's ability to get the ball there, but I, I'm, I'm going to take Newton ahead of Rivers. Okay. I, I think you're going to go the other way, aren't you? Uh, I was thinking about it, but I, yeah, look, the guy can run. Yeah. And, I mean, it just adds an added dimension, that quarterback thing. I think I would go Newton, then Rivers. Okay, standard leg, Jordan Howard, DeMarco Murray, Isaiah Crowell. Oh, Jordan Howard. Yeah, I think I would go there. I, You know, I mean, it, it, it's a legitimate question. I mean, how many goal line carries you think they're going to get or how much they're going to score, I guess. Right. But I think it's still Jordan Howard. I think he's a way. real deal. I really do. I don't see any regression from him at all. I have to make a decision in my keeper leg. Should I keep Keenan Allen, Delaney Walker, or Big Ben? It's PPR starting one quarterback. Okay, so there must not be – he doesn't have to pay a round penalty for any one of those guys. We just get to have one, right? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Who was the first one? Keenan Allen, Delaney Walker, or Ben Roethlisberger. Boy, it must have been thin for him last year. 
I think I take the, I take the risk on Keenan Allen here. You, you can get Delaney Walker back. You don't want Ben Roethlisberger, so you can throw him out. I think in that format, you can still wait eight nine rounds yeah, and get the Delaney ceiling Walker is so back. So much higher for the Keenan Allen. I I'd think like to I'd know have to do the same thing. Who his other options are? Everybody has weird keeper sure. keeper parameters, though. So that just maybe it could be have been only... one wide receiver. Right. Maybe he's paying a price, and maybe yeah. Keenan Allen was low because he's injured. Yeah, I don't the have any idea. Can afford, but yeah, that's Keenan Allen. As nervous as he makes me, that's Keenan Allen. PPR, and we covered a little bit of. Uh, some of this, but PPR, Calvin Benjamin, Randall Cobb, Sammy Watkins, Elshon Jeffrey. Oh, boy. I think just I'm going to stick my guns. I think I'm going with my boy Calvin Benjamin. Hopefully they have a bit of a bounce back year. Um, boy, he sure looks good at times. He looks so good in that preseason. I know, yeah, I know it's the first week of the preseason. I mean, Jeffrey's like, intriguing. And I tell you what, Cobb is interesting, too. I'm not sure he's ready to give it up. Cobb, it, based on his value, where you're getting Randall Cobb at. We talked about that last week with the price difference between him and Adams and how I think it worse they're within 50 fantasy points of each other when the year wraps up. This becomes about Benjamin and Jeffrey for me. I, I never trusted Jeffrey. So, yeah, I'm going to go Kelvin Benjamin. I, I think. I just have a feeling. I hope I'm not basing that off of one preseason game. But I, right. I got a feeling. I might go. And we're and we got to be looking at price tags here, right? He must be looking at tiers. I don't know. That's an odd question to ask this time yeah. of year. Well, I can see Kelvin Benjamin, Cobb, and Jeffrey basically on the same tier. Yeah, that's what I think you could. Well, yeah, you're probably right. Maybe you bump Cobb down, or most folks bump Cobb down to one. I might put him up on that same tier. Yeah. Okay, standard, really quick. Terrell Pryor, Martavis Bryant. In a standard, I'm going to go Bryant. He, he's going to put up big yards. I think I think you see Pryor put up close to 100 catches, but we know what Bryant does when he gets the ball in his hand. If he can play all 16 and if Ben can play 12 of them, yeah, you're looking at close to double-digit touchdowns, and he puts up big yardage games on on minimal catches. Yeah, I think I'd have to go there. Do we have time for any more or uh, not here? Yeah, go ahead. Bump one more out. Okay. Well, um, well, that one we can save, I guess, because it's really nothing. Let's see. Okay, here we go. Well, boys, our draft is next week, and I have no idea what to do for quarterback. Right now, who would you target? Cousins, Carr, or Cam? Oh, Carr. Carr, 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 Carr. I noticed he went with the C's. He's kind of doing a little alliteration bit there. I think Derek Carr is a top five quarterback. I think you and I right now are are certainly in the minority of of, um, being on the the Derek Carr bandwagon because I, I see him in ADPs. He is the bottom of the barrel quarterback ones and I mean talking right at 12 and sometimes not even there sometimes he's at 13 I've got him at three or four depending on my mood every day I I have him right behind Rodgers Brady Breeze and Ryan yeah simple as that and I sometimes flip-flop with him and Ryan if I if I'm looking at Justin my rankings each week I'm kind of flip-flopping those guys right you know I, I'm gonna have to trust that he's 100% healthy if we now, find I like out. Kirk Cousins don't get me wrong but I'm not convinced that he's gonna put up he's not gonna take anybody by surprise no, this year no they're playing it, a better schedule this year and you got a different core wide receivers too. yeah it's all new right know, outside of Crowder 
Yeah. You got a new. You lost your top two targets. You got a new top target. Crowder's still what what he is. And I Jordan believe Reed's Dawson's still, banged Dawson's up. Dawson's hurt again. He yeah. may never actually play a football right. game. I mean, he sure looks good in shorts at the combine, and he looks great <laughs> on paper. But I'm not certain he's ever going to play American football, so that could become an issue. I agree. So um, there you have it. We're running out of time here, and we'll get back to the mailbag on Thursday's show because the questions are coming in. People are getting close to their draft. So get them in, asylumfootball at gmail.com. You can set us on the Twitter, at asylumfootball. We're Flieger and Briggs. This is the Asylum right here in the Arena Sports Network. So, uh, you know, like I said, get the questions in. Thanks for joining us, and hopefully uh, – our boy Johnny Reed Foley will didn't make it this week, I don't think, but uh, maybe next week. We'll keep working. So uh, I think you covered it all. So I got so all I get to say is till next time. We'll see you. Take care. <laughs>